Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. You're really going to enjoy today. My friend Harry Spate is with us, and uh, he's just a delightfully fun guy. He brings the energy, which you're going to see. And I'll tell you a little bit about Harry. He's a, a keynote speaker. He's a coach. He's author of a new book called Selling with Dignity, Your Formula for Life-Changing Sales Results. And after spending several years in mission work, Harry's been succeeding in sales as an award-winning multi-million dollar sales producer and sales leader for over two decades. Selling successfully can be achieved with timeless principles, Harry writes about. Love others, listen, treat others the way you want to be treated, speak with tact, persist, be patient, be kind, plan, have vision, surround yourself with wise friends, and believe. And it's not about being the best closer or being the pushiest person to get people to buy, Harry says it's about serving, and I would agree. He works with sales teams and executives to elevate their craft of selling and succeeding with dignity for the client as well as the seller. He's a true professional and always brings the energy. So hello and welcome, Harry. Oh, Gray, what is the good word? I am so thrilled to be on your podcast. You're such a legend. So uh, thanks for having me, sir. Well, thank you. I'm, I am indeed a legend in my own mind. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> that and uh, uh, maybe $4.80 will get you a, a decent cup of coffee. Oh, my goodness. Yes, $4.80, a little more than the 50 cents we used to say. <laughs> no. Oh, man, I'm older than you. It was just a quarter for us. <laughs> and the coffee wasn't very good then either. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> You're a little well, older, not much. Yeah. Well, Harry, we, we have somewhat of a similar background. You were in ministry for several years and then in sales. I was in sales for several years and then in ministry. I'm not sure which one of us saw the light, which, or uh, maybe at the same time. But <laughs> from visiting with you before, tell us, if you would, how your continuing, growing understanding of God's unconditional love and grace for everyone, how's that changed your life where the rubber hits the road in relationships with other people? Yeah, that is such a profound question, Paul. Do I have? No, I'm just kidding. I do love the question, and it is definitely profound. And I think, you know, I was a little nervous about the question because you know, for years and years, I'd say almost 15 years, I was involved in mission work. And I ended up separating out of that world, primarily because I felt that God's grace was bigger than what we were giving credit to. And I don't know if this is true with you, but in a lot of times in religion, and I'm, I'm talking the difference between religion and spiritual. Right. So my challenge was I was becoming more spiritual and less about religion and religion would find things that are wrong with people 
And I felt like, man, if, if the son of God was sitting here and under an olive tree and we were chatting, I don't think he'd be judging anybody. And I felt like I was being pulled into this world of judging others. And I said, you know what, that's not what we're all about. And I found out that if we're not about that, we're probably not going to fit into a, a lot of religion. So <laughs> where that ended up was, is that I became much more accepting of people of all different backgrounds, whether that be people that were not living, that were not married, people that were gay, people that had addiction challenges. I used to have a judgmental attitude towards all of that. And I let it all go and accepted people for the fact that they're human mm -hmm. beings and we're all in this challenge of thing called life. And it's my job to love people and let God be the judge of them. But I don't think he's anywhere near the type of judge that most of us have been raised to think he is. So how's that? Does that cut it? If that cuts it, that's perfect. You're you're telling my story too. I, <laughs> uh, I don't call myself religious. I, I'm actually anti-religion as long as it's, uh, well, my definition of, of religion is trying to gain and maintain a relationship with God by our own efforts when we already have that, and so does everyone else. I had to separate myself. Since I was uh, one of a small group who started our church, I didn't separate myself from the church. Most of the people there separated themselves from me because religion didn't want to hear that. But people uh, in their own time uh, do come to see the light. And so we, we've had very much of a, of a similar journey. And so since you left the missionary world, left organized religion, you changed hats and you started in a different career in sales, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it was all simultaneously happening. We were in the Dominican Republic and my lovely bride of uh, probably eight years or so said, are we ever going to have children or? <laughs> and so I went, uh, wow, I didn't really think about that. And <laughs> how will I support a family? And that helped give me the impetus to go. And I thought that coming from that background, I would be good in sales because I was a pretty good communicator and not pushy and so forth. So that led me to looking for sales opportunities. And I finally found someone that said, yeah, your mission background is exactly what we're looking. No one, no one said that. Trust me. <laughs> I was, so. was going to say, wow, who was that? <laughs> Nobody. I mean, it's like everyone was looking for college degrees. You know, what was my sales background? You know, what was my reputation? And I had none of that. I said, well, the last couple of years, I lived in the Dominican Republic. Does that help? No. <laughs> so, but finally, someone accepted that and said, we're going to give you a chance and see how you do. And, you know, the rest is history, as they say. That's all I needed. Yeah. So you took to it as a natural, right? Not at first. I think that's an outstanding question. And it really goes with where there are people who are natural communicators. And I think I'm pretty good at it. But what I did in sales was I overthought and said, well, how am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to act? And my sales leader kept saying, just be yourself. I was like, well, who's myself? I mean, what am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be fun? I mean, this is business. Can I be fun in business? And I just didn't know that you could have fun in business and joke around 
and talk about other things and you didn't have to take yourself so seriously. And once after a few months went by of me figuring all that out, I became natural, so to speak. I went back to who I was and just become a communicator in sales and it all worked out. It wasn't like day one, I'm just going to be myself. It took me months and months and months to figure out Mm. I need to be myself. Well, that's interesting here. I, I, I find that true. I've been in different situations in my life. I was a an Army Reserve officer for 24 years. I owned some businesses. I, w- I was in sales, multi-level marketing, and different things. And then as a pastor and uh, speaker and different things. And, and I think especially one of the things that religion discourages is being yourself, having fun, being relaxed and loose. At least it may have just been me, but when I was in that setting, I felt like I had to walk on eggshells all the time, whether I was around religious people or not. One way or another, I thought I was going to be judged and uh, couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. And I had to watch what I said and all of those different things. And and once I I think Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And the truth is knowing who God really is and who we are and who we are is who he created us to be. And if he created us to be fun loving and relaxed and, you know, a little humor here and there and everything, that's who we should be. Exactly. (laughs) I often thought about that as that, okay, so if we're created in God's image, that God has to have a sense of humor. Yeah. Right. Because the sense of humor, I love humor and I love laughter. And there's, to me, it's a huge bonding opportunity with people. Yeah. Right. And to say that's, you know, that was not a good thing, you know, that you have to be stoic and can't have fun in life. I mean, that's just uh, silly. Right. Well, it is. I remember shortly after we started our church and we we had a small group that met at our house on Sunday nights and, I had, was starting to learn that God has a sense of humor. And, and so I brought that up in the group. And this one guy with, with a very solemn face said, does he laugh at your jokes? <laughs> I, I thought, Nobody laughs at my jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he meant or how to take that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But I had a similar, I mean, I had similar experiences where people said, oh, no, that hairy guy, he's, you know, he's too silly. He's too fun. And, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. I'm like, okie dokie. I'm glad that you're fun. We probably wouldn't be here if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Likewise. Selling with dignity. Uh, you know, in, in my days uh, in sales and going to lots of conferences and reading books and motivation seminars and stuff, maybe somebody talked about selling with dignity, but I, I don't. I don't remember if they did. I learned a lot of techniques and different things. What brought about that and the things that spring forth from it? So the selling with dignity is not something you'll typically hear, right? And most people will want to figure out how they can 10x their business, have better closing techniques, you know, all of these things about sales that just are not where I feel like a person like me who was coming out of a mission background, I was not going to be the pushy salesperson. And I didn't like the idea of putting pressure on people that they had to act today. None of that appealed to me. 
So I came from the Ogmandino school, which I read the book, uh, The Greatest Salesman in the World. Yeah. And Ogmandino was a spiritual guy, apparently, because he wrote about the scrolls and tied it into Christianity. Mm-hmm. And one of the scrolls was, I will succeed with love. And that was who I was. Yes, I like to have fun, but I'm also a person that cares about humanity and I'm empathetic towards others. I don't want to say I'm an empath, but I'm very empathetic towards others and you know, care about people's feelings. And that ties into, well, if you care about the person's feelings, then you're going to treat them well, right? You're bringing dignity. So it's sort of like, helping someone that's homeless to provide a meal for them and treat them with dignity, right? And so anything that we do that's humanity that comes to the fore, that's dignified. And that's the way I've looked at sales. Instead of treating people as a commission check, as a gatekeeper, you know, all those things that people do, it's like, well, you got to get through the gatekeeper. Well, the gatekeeper is a person with a name. Yeah. So I would ask the quote unquote gatekeeper what their name was and would have conversations. And then I would ask, you know, how do you get to the person that you're obviously protecting? How does a person like me reach that person? Well, if I just treated them as a gatekeeper and said, Mr. So-and-so please, or Miss So-and-so please, I'm not going to get that inside information. But by treating them as a human with dignity and that they're doing their job. And I would say, I understand you're doing your job and you're doing a great job of it. And I said, so I want to be your friend. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, we'd have some laughs and then, uh, you know, things would open up that way. Not always, but it was a much better experience for them and for me. Yeah. Well, it takes all the pressure off. It does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that from sales is that people may react and act a certain way based on pressure, but it doesn't last. No. Right. So if like in uh, you mentioned you had some businesses, there might be this thing where you kind of talk around a circle and you start here and you get people to say yes, you know, 17 times by the end of the circle they're signing up or they're giving you their money and so forth. But then after that, there's, they start to think about it and say, well, did I just fall into some kind of trap that this guy was really nice and he led me around and I said yes to everything, but I don't really know why I did that. And I'm going to cancel the order. Right. And then they cancel because they just don't believe. Right. Right. So, I mean, is that's what's your thought on that? Well, yeah, very much so. Uh, the majority of my sales, I had retail music stores for 10 years, and we sold band instruments, guitars, music equipment, uh, you know, sound equipment, pianos and organs. In our town, two of my stores were uh, in our town of 100,000. Another two were in Topeka, which is about 250,000. One mm-hmm. town kind of in between. And but the majority of the stuff that I did was in my own hometown where, uh, and I didn't grow up here, but I, I went to school here and I knew a lot of people through playing music and, you know, my kids were going to school here and stuff. And so I didn't want to sell somebody something they didn't want or they didn't need. 
you know, because I, I, I would see them walking down the street, you know, the mm-hmm. next day. And uh, right. I, I, I just I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to take advantage of people. And so, you know, I tried to, uh, you know, I would know that they were looking for a piano, you know, let's say. And I would try to understand their motivation for getting it, why they wanted it, what they were going to do with it, whether or not they had the means and wanted a really good piano and could afford it. And that would be good for them or whether they needed a a good used piano or uh, whatever. And yeah, I was disappointed when people wouldn't buy or, or would go somewhere else to buy, mm-hmm. but uh, it did me uh, nor them any good at all to, uh, I knew the sales techniques, you know, I, I went to the classes and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And I, I won't yeah. say that I didn't use them at all, but that my motivation was not to, uh, to take their money and then get on to the next person because in many cases, they are the next person. You know, they're going to come in next week and want their piano tuned and they're going to want piano lessons and they're going to buy piano music and stuff. And so probably I, I was fortunate to be in that environment rather than mm-hmm. making a sale to somebody you never see again. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, so was there, you mentioned that you had taken some courses or read the books or whatever. Yeah. But you took the good of what you could apply. Right. Right. Yeah. Features, uh, advantages, benefits, you know, that that thing. Certainly, you know, calling people by their name a lot, different techniques and stuff. But but again, I can't say that my motives were always completely pristine. I, you know, I wanted, no, to make, wanted to make the sale. Uh, yeah. But I didn't want to make the sale you know, when it wasn't a good thing for them. Well, uh, I think that's a great point. So most people who are in sales don't really care if it's a good thing for the client or not. They have a live breathing body that's showing interest and they want the sale. Yeah. You know, that's where they're missing out because getting the sale one and done versus treating people right. And then them coming back to you, you have a customer for life. Yeah. Versus. Well, I pushed something on them that they didn't really need. And yeah. I got the sale, but guess what? They're not coming back to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and the if, difference. And if they're unhappy, they're going to. Oh, they're coming back for people. a different reason. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And they're going to tell all their friends not to come back. Right. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I didn't always enjoy in retail dealing with the public because people were like me. They had their issues and they had, their, <laughs> you know, they could be disagreeable and stuff like that. But for the most part, I enjoyed the people and making uh, lifelong customers. And, and I, you know, to this day, and that's been three decades ago, but to this day, I, I run into people who say, oh, you know, I, we bought our son's first trumpet, you know, from you and he still got it. And, oh, my uh, goodness. Different yeah. things like that. And, yeah. You know, so those are, those are just fun things. Perry, our time has absolutely flown by as I uh, knew that it would. So, uh, <laughs> uh, with your permission, we're going to wrap up in a minute and then we'll do another interview, which people will see a week later. You and I will be wearing the same shirt, sitting in the same place. I want them to know that we have bathed. And ch- no, <laughs> we- <laughs> well, you may have. Yeah. <laughs> a week is kind of short between baths for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at any rate, as, as we finish up this interview, which I, I really appreciate you doing, and I, I know that people are enjoying it too. Tell people again about your book, the title, what it's about, where they can get it, and how they can connect with you. Sure. So the book is called Selling with Dignity. It is really about selling without having to be the pushy salesperson or the pushy entrepreneur. It's designed to help good people grow their business doing things the right way. 
So that's the message of the book. And then you can find it on Amazon. I'm developing my website. It is active, still got some work to do, but it's called Selling. You can find it through sellingwithdignity.com. So that way you don't have to figure out how to spell my name, but sellingwithdignity.com will bring you to my website. Great. And they can find you on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. So the spelling of the name is going to be in the show notes, I presume. Yes. And then LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, believe it or not. Yeah. Cool. I encourage people to connect with you, especially people who are in sales and, uh, but you know, anybody who, who wants to. So I encourage people to, to get the book and read it. I'm looking forward to getting my copy and to reading it. And we're going to sign off now. But again, everybody, I appreciate you all listening. Appreciate Harry being here and tune in next week when we again talk with my friend Harry Spate and we talk uh, some more about grace to all. So see you all then. Thanks again. Great. Thank you, Paul. Outstanding. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.